Today we're going to talk about storms. The title of today's message is Overcoming Storms. What a topic, right? If there was ever a time that we're facing a storm in the world, it's right now with this COVID-19 storm. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 26. Let me ask you, have you ever been in a storm? You know, things could be great, things could be going okay, and then all of a sudden a storm pops up. I remember times uh, being on vacation in Florida with my family, and it's sunny, and it's beautiful, and it's amazing how drastically it just changes, and it could be a severe rainstorm. I re- one, one time really that stuck out to me, uh, we were visiting my mother-in-law out in the country, and there was, we were in the middle of a snowstorm on the way back. It's nighttime, we're on these country roads, it's pitch black dark, I can't see nothing. It's snowing heavily, the snow's coming at an angle, I'm just trying to see. And you know, it it took, I had to follow a semi-truck, I remember, I had to follow a semi-truck, the lights of a truck, to stay on the road. And I was praying, there's nothing like a storm to make you pray. Have you ever noticed that? You know, you just, you get into the storm, all of a sudden you become spiritual, right? You start praying, you start talking to God. And I remember that night I was tired, I was exhausted, I couldn't see. I was scared because we were in a snowstorm. I couldn't see. And I had my wife and my daughters. It wasn't just about my safety, it was their safety. And I remember praying the whole way home. I remember following that semi as long as I could to make it home. And we got home, thank God. And I was mentally exhausted because I was trying to focus so much. Storms, storms. I I wish I could tell you that in life you'll never have to face problems, that in life you could avoid storms. But that wouldn't be the truth. We will face storms. We will face trials and problems and challenges in life. It's been said that crisis... It's just a phone call away. Did you know that? Everything could be fine. Everything could be great. You know, you could be going through a good time in life. The phone rings and your loved one just died. Or maybe you lost a job. Or maybe the end of a marriage. A problem with the kids. Or you get a call from the doctor and it's cancer. You just entered a storm. You just entered at that moment a storm. And the thing about storms is we can't control when we will face storms in life. It's been said that life is full of problems. Each day there's a new trial, a new challenge, a new storm, a new obstacle we have to overcome. It's part of life, right? It's part of life. There's good days, but there's also hard days. There's happy days, but there's also sad days. But even though we can't control when we enter a storm, when we're in the midst of a storm, we do get to decide whether we can go into that storm with Jesus Christ. That we can decide. We can decide. We could choose to face the storm with God and not alone. Jesus put it this way in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me, You may have peace. 
in this world you will have trouble. But be of good cheer. Take courage. I have overcome the world. I love this about God. I love how God is honest with us. He's straight up. There's nobody more honest in your life and my life than God. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He tells us the truth all the time. And here Jesus was preparing the disciples. He was preparing them for the storms that were coming. Storms were coming. Tough times were coming. Persecution was coming for being followers of Jesus Christ. He knew that soon he was going to go to the cross. He was going to suffer and die. He wouldn't be with them too much longer physically, but he would spiritually through the Holy Spirit. And he's preparing them. He said, hey guys, you're going to have trouble. You're going to face tribulation and persecution. But in me, you can still have peace. In me, you can still have joy and be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus said the key to overcoming storms, he said it in this verse. He said, in me, in me, in in Jesus Christ himself, in a personal relationship with Jesus, we can experience peace in the midst of a storm. You know why? Because even when your world and my world spins out of control, we have a peace in our heart that we know that God is still in control. We might not know how he's going to work things out, how he's going to guide us, how we'll be impacted. But in our hearts, we have the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. We're going to look at three lessons, three lessons about how to overcome storms in life. Number one, the importance of foundation building. Number two, understanding storms will come. It's part of life. They're going to come. Number three, we overcome storms with Jesus. With Jesus. Not alone, with Jesus. Point number one, foundation building. We're in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 26. This is Jesus talking. And he said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock, on Jesus. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash because it had been built on sand. On sand. Did you know that the most important part of a house and a building is the foundation? You know, it doesn't matter how nice it looks on the outside, how nice it looks on the inside. If the foundation is cracked, if the foundation is no good, it's not a good house. It's not going to last. It's not going to be able to withstand the storms that come. My wife and I, when we first got married, we we purchased a house. And as we were looking at houses, when we decided which house we were going to buy, I remember we hired an inspector to come out, look at the house, inspect it, inspect everything, and let us know if it was a good house to buy or not. 
And I remember we were concerned about the big things, the roof and the electrical and the foundation. And I remember talking to the inspector, and he gave us the report, and we went over everything. And he told us, uh, this roof, you have about another 10 years, and you have this and that. And I said, how about the foundation? How's the foundation? Is it structurally sound? Is it cracked? Are there any concerns? And I remember he said, no, your, your, your foundation's good. It's solid. It's a good house. Listen, without a solid foundation, a house cannot stand. It will not stand. Listen, we can fake it when times are good, when there's no problems and there's money in a bank and there's no health issues. We can fake it. But when life hits us, when a storm comes, it reveals what's the foundation of our lives. Yes, is Jesus your foundation? Is God first in your life? Or someone or something else? Here Jesus is saying the same thing about a person's life, that the foundation we choose to build our lives on is important, it's critical. The foundation is what's going to help us to be able to withstand the storms of life, the problems of life. And here Jesus is describing two builders, one wise and one foolish. Foolish. The wise represents the Christian who's received Jesus. He's not perfect. She's not perfect. But Jesus is the foundation of their life. God is first. Jesus is first. Listen, they're, they're serious about following God and living for God. It's not that they don't mess up or fall down or sin, but when they do, they get back up because God is the foundation of their life. Whereas the foolish builder Jesus described is the person that hears God, rejects God, and builds their foundation on someone else other than God. And leaves God out of their life. God says they're a foolish builder. You know, the Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Anybody that says that when people try to live that way, God says, that's foolish. It's foolish. Let me ask you, which, which builder are you? Which builder are you? Are you wise? Or Foolish. Both builders had some things in common. Jesus said they both had some things in common. They were both builders. They both heard Jesus' words. It's like saying they both would have gone to church and heard the gospel and heard the preaching of Jesus Christ. They both were exposed to it. They heard Jesus' words. They heard the gospel. They both face storms, problems in life. Listen, we're going to go through storms. Whether you're a Christian or not, it's happening. It's going to happen. Jesus didn't say, you might have trouble. You might have tribulation. He said, you will have tribulation. You will face storms. Things are going to happen. It's part of life. But relax. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. In me, you'll experience peace. Outside of me, no peace. No peace. Both face storms. Both face problems in life. The Bible says it rains on the rich and the poor. It rains on the Christian and the non-Christian. But the difference, the Bible also says, 
Those who follow other gods will suffer more. Life, listen, life is hard. Life is hard, just as it is. When you leave God out, it's harder. It's almost impossible. And here's the difference. Both were builders. Both faced storms. Both heard the word of God. They heard the words of Jesus. But the difference is they both chose to build on a different foundation. Different foundation. Each day, do you know that each day, you and I, by the decisions we make, we're building our lives. Did you know that? Each little decision matters. Each big decision matters. If you make good little decisions, you'll make good big decisions. If you make bad small decisions, I guarantee you, you'll make bad big decisions. It all matters. It all counts. And the most important decision is what do we do with Jesus Christ? Is he your Savior? Is he your Lord? Is he your God? Is he your life? Listen, Jesus doesn't want to be part of your life and my life. He wants to be our life. Is he your life? Is he your life? Is he your life? Has there ever been a day when you said, Jesus, I believe I'm a mess, but come into my heart. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Be my God. If not, you can do that today. Listen, don't miss this. Please don't miss this. You build a good foundation for your life before the storms come. It's hard to build a foundation when you're in a storm. You ever watch construction workers? You ever watch them building a house, building a building, and a storm comes, and it's raining hard, and they have to stop. They have to stop for that day. Why? It's hard to build when you're in a storm. Don't wait until you face a storm to start building your foundation on Jesus. Do it before. You might say, well, pastor, I haven't built it, but I know I need to. Start now. Start now. Speed it up. Ramp it up. Listen, Jesus said that both builders, they heard these words of mine. One accepted Jesus, believed and obeyed, followed him. He put it into practice. Jesus was the foundation of his life. He was a wise builder. He had God in his life. But the foolish man, he heard the same words of Jesus. He heard it, but he did nothing with it. He didn't respond to God. He didn't receive God. He didn't obey God. He lived as if there was no God. He was foolish. Jesus says, that builder was foolish. It's a foolish thing to leave the most important person in all of life out of your life. That's God. That's Jesus. Let me ask you, what's the foundation of your life? Are you building on Jesus or are you building on something else? If it's something else, the Bible calls it, God calls it sand. You're building on sand. And when those storms come, your life is going to fall apart. So the importance of building a foundation on Jesus Christ to overcome storms. Point number two, expect storms in life. Storms are going to come. It's going to happen. Look at what John 16.33 says. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But, be, but take heart, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. 
Listen, God tells us the truth to prepare us for what's to come. And here Jesus, Jesus soon was going to the cross. Soon he would be suffering and dying on a cross for our sins. And he's preparing the disciples saying, hey guys, you're going to have trouble. You're going to face storms. you face persecution. It's going to be tough. Not every day is going to be a good day. There'll be bad days. They'll be happy and sad. But I'll be with you. You can be of good cheer. You can relax. You can rest. Why? Because I, Jesus Christ, have overcome the world. And in me, in a relationship with Jesus, you can experience peace in the midst of the storm. Peace in your heart. Peace in your life. In the middle of a storm. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me, in Jesus, in a relationship with him, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. You will face storms. It's going to be tough. Not every day is going to be a good day. There will be bad days and sad days. But God will be there for us. He will help us. He will see us through. Listen, there will be times in your life and my life when all we have is Jesus Christ. And will we believe in the dark where God has spoken in the light? And let me tell you this. It's in those times that when Jesus is all you have, you learn that Jesus is more than enough. Listen, when Jesus is all you have, you realize Jesus is more than enough. Jesus is more than enough. Take heart. Jesus says, take courage. And we will encounter all kinds of storms, different storms. Jesus told the disciples, expect storms, expect problems, expect trouble in life. You're going to run into trouble. And don't try to face it on your own. Depend on me. Depend on Jesus. Depend on God. And listen, a storm is not something little. A storm is not something, look, we're not talking about a flat tire, or you just had a bad day, or somebody, you know, you're frustrated because nobody said hi to you at work. I'm sorry. Hi. Okay? I'm sorry. That's not a storm, right? It's something small. A storm is a crisis in your marriage. Maybe a divorce, or you're heading that way. That's a storm. A storm is you lose a loved one because they died, and you didn't see it. And it was by surprise. That's a storm. You show up at work and you just got laid off. You just lost your job. You're in a storm. That's a storm. There's different kind of storm. A storm with your kids, you know, uh, struggles with your kids. Or storms in your singleness as a single person. You name it. They're all kind of storms. Health storms. You go see the doctor and you're told you got cancer and it's stage three or stage four. And there's not much they could do. You're in a storm, and you need God like never before. In Mark 4, verses 35 through 41, and Jesus is with the disciples, and they're crossing the Sea of Galilee. He gets in the boat with them, and he lead, it's Jesus that leads them to the boat. It's Jesus that tells them, we're going to the other side. But Jesus didn't tell them they were going to face a storm by surprise. As they get in the boat, Jesus is physically exhausted from ministry. 
Yes, he's God. Yes, he's perfect. But he also had a body of a human of a man. He got tired. And he was doing ministry and he was exhausted. How exhausted? He took a nap in the boat. The Bible says he laid down on a cushion and he took a nap. And then all of a sudden, a fur- furious storm happens and waves are pounding on this boat. Listen, these are experienced fishermen. The disciples were experienced seamen, fishermen. They've been in storms before. They've been out in the sea when it's rough. They thought they were going to die, though. They thought they were going to die. The waves are pounding against the boat, and Jesus is sleeping. Only God can take a nap and still be in control. Only God can take a nap in the midst of a storm and still be in control. And the disciples, they wake up Jesus and they say to him, Teacher, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? There's a storm. We're in the middle of a storm. Waves are coming. The boat's going to drown. We're going to drown. Don't you care? Don't you care, teacher? You're just, you're sleeping. Sometimes when we're in a storm, even as Christians, even as Christians, that's how we respond with God. We, God, don't you see that I just lost my loved one? My loved one just died? God, don't you see that I lost my job? I'm trying to take care of my family? Don't you see this coronavirus and, and Christians are dying and many people are impacted? God, don't you see? Don't you care? And he does. He does. God does. Listen, it's safer to be in the boat with Jesus in the middle of the storm or outside of the boat during calm waters. Jesus gets up and the Bible says that he rebuked the wind and the waves and he says, quiet, be still. And right away the waves calmed down. Right away the sea calmed down. The wind quieted. The disciples now, they forgot about the storm. Now they're amazed with Jesus. They're surprised with Jesus. And they asked a question. They said, who is this? Who is this? Who is this Jesus that even the wind and the storms and the waves, they obey him? Who is this Jesus? Who is this? Please don't miss this. Please don't miss this point. Whenever we enter a storm in our lives, whether as we're facing in the world or personally, the storm itself is not the main point. The storm is just a tool that God is using. Don't focus on the storm. Focus on what God is trying to teach you in the midst of the storm. The main point in the story is not the storm itself. We're just trying to survive the storm. But the main point was, who was in the boat with them? That's the main point. God was trying to get the disciples to that point. So they see Jesus. They see his power. They see his authority over nature as creator God. And they say, who is this? Who is this? Who's this Jesus? That even the storm, even the waters, even nature itself obey Almighty God, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He's God. That's who Jesus is. He's God. It's in the storm. Listen, 
The storm is not where we meet the enemy. The storm itself is not the enemy, but the storm is where we meet God. Please don't miss that. Please don't miss that. Listen, as we're facing this coronavirus storm, in this storm, and plus the personal storms, each one of us are facing in our lives, and we'll face. The storm itself is not the enemy, but it's in the storm that we meet God. It's in the storm when Jesus comes to your rescue and my rescue as Almighty God. Listen, as we face this coronavirus storm, let me ask you, have you met God? Have you encountered God? Have you encountered Jesus? I hope, please, don't learn. Learn what God's trying to teach you. I want to learn what he's trying to teach me. I don't want to go through this and not learn what he's trying to teach me. Not allow, not, not allow him to change me to be more like Christ. Sometimes it takes a storm coming into our life to wake us up to our need of God. Did you know that? Sometimes it takes a storm to wake us up to our need of God. Have you met God in this storm? Holocaust survivor Corey Tambom, Corey Tambom, mighty woman of God. She's in heaven now. She had suffered a lot. Holocaust survivor. And one of the phrases she said, she said, There is no pit so deep. That God's love is not deeper still. She survived the Holocaust. She had been sent away to a concentration camp with her family. She lost her father. She was a Dutch Christian. She lost her father. She lost her sister at the concentration camp, the death camp. But she didn't lose her faith in God. She didn't lose God. She lost her family. She suffered a lot. She went through a lot. But she didn't lose her trust in God. And God was there. She was in a pit. She suffered. Can you imagine that? And she said, there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. It was in the pit. It was in the storm that she encountered Almighty God. The love of God. She was not alone. Jesus was with her. God was with her. And I'm here as a minister of the gospel to let you know, you're not alone. God's with you. Jesus is with you. He is with us. He will help us. And that same God that helped her, he will help us. We're not alone. As deep as the pit was, she said, God, your love is deeper still. Listen, God's reaching out to you and me, but we got to reach back. We have to take his hand. We have to respond, which leads to our third and final point. Point three, we overcome storms through Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. In Jesus, we already have the victory, no matter what we will face. It doesn't mean we won't suffer. It doesn't mean we might not even, it doesn't mean we won't even die. Christians are dying from this coronavirus. Non-Christians are dying. Christians are dying. Non-Christians are losing their jobs. Christians are losing their jobs. 
But what it does mean is that we have the victory. We're in a position of victory that somehow God's going to work it out. And listen, when a Christian dies, it's not the end. It's only the beginning. You know where they're waking up? In heaven, in glory, with Jesus. Listen, we overcome the storms in life through Jesus by seeing the storm from God's perspective. We need to take a step back and not look at it through human eyes, but from God's perspective. Look at what James 1-2 says. Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Listen, when we see the storms through God's eyes, from his perspective, listen, God's not bored. He's not just letting us go through a storm just because he's bored. There's a purpose behind it. And the Bible says, James says, listen, when you're going through a storm, when you're facing a trial, you can have an attitude of joy and peace. Not joy that you're facing a storm, not joy that you're suffering, but a joy, a peace in your heart. Then in the midst of the storm, God is still in control. He's still in control. You could have a peace knowing that somehow he's going to work it out. Somehow Jesus is going to come to your rescue. And in the midst of the storm, God is using the storm to test our faith, to grow us up spiritually, to build up endurance in us. Listen. How would we learn to trust God if he never allowed us to go through storms? How would we ever know how to trust God? How would we grow in love for him if he never let us go through stuff? It's in the storm that God comes to the rescue. If you ask any marriage couple that's been married a long time, they have a great marriage. I guarantee you they've gone through stuff. They've gone through storms. And it's in those storms where they grow closer together, where they grow in love together. It's the same thing with God. Listen, God does not waste anything. God is not wasting his storm. Learn what he's trying to teach you and me. And he's using it to grow our faith, to grow our trust, to grow us up closer to him. God doesn't waste anything. And you know what? We overcome storms like Jesus did. Jesus, Jesus said in John 16:33, "I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take courage. I have overcome the world." Jesus said, "In me, you're going to have peace in a relationship with me." Listen, when we're facing storms, we need to depend on God's presence. We're not alone. We can decide to face it alone or with God. And how did Jesus face the storms he faced? He prayed. He prayed. If you look at the story of Jesus, if you look at everything in his life, when he fa- when, before being tempted by Satan, the Bible says he prayed and fasted for 40 days, 40 nights. Before he went to the cross, he prayed at Gethsemane. There were many times where he would go alone to pray to seek the Father. And then out of all things, out of all things, the disciples could have asked Jesus to teach them. They said, teach us how to do that one thing. He's always doing that one thing. He's always praying. He's always seeking God the Father. That's important. We need to learn how to do that. 
Listen, we overcome the storms by praying, by talking to God our Father, depending on Him. We overcome storms by depending on the Word of God. Listen, we need to get in the Word of God and get the Word of God in us. We need to not just read it, study it, apply it to our lives, memorize it. When I was little, my mom used to tell us to memorize Scripture. She used to say a lot of times, there'll be days where you will not have a a physical Bible, but you have to have it in your heart. You have to have it in your mind. Jesus, there was a story when, another occasion when the disciples are in a boat and Jesus said, let them go ahead. And Jesus comes walking on the water in the midst of the storm. And when, when Peter sees that, he takes a step of faith and says, Yeshua, Jesus, Master, Teacher, let me come to you. And Jesus, he obeyed Jesus' word. Jesus said, come. And because he obeyed the word of God, because he obeyed Jesus' word, he was able to step out of the boat on top of his circumstances and by faith walk to Jesus on water, on top of the circumstances. And the Bible says as long as he had his eyes on Jesus, he was able to walk on water. But the moment he took his eyes off of Jesus and he looked at his circumstances and he saw the wind blowing hard at him and he saw the water water and the sea, the Bible says he got scared and he started sinking. And then he cried out, Jesus, save me. And Jesus reached down and saved them. The same applies with you and me. When we take our eyes off Jesus, listen, the bigger the storm, the more we have to be focused on God, looking at God, following Jesus, keeping our eyes on God. The moment we take our eyes off of God and we focus on our problems, we begin to sink. We cry out, God, help me, save me. And he does. But we need to keep our focus on him. Listen, we overcome our circumstances and storm by God's presence in our life. The greatest thing God can give us is the presence of Himself. He's an anchor in the midst of a storm. That's why David, King David, could say in Psalm 23, 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You're with me, God, and I don't want to go through this valley of shadow of death. But I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be scared because you're with me, God. And you're going to help me. And you're going with me through this valley. Listen, Dr. Tony Evans from Urban Alternative says, when you're facing storms of life, remember to focus on Jesus and his word instead of the storm. I'm going to close with this. Pastor Rick Warren from Saddleback Church has said, When you're facing a storm, you don't need great faith. You don't need great faith. You don't need a big faith through the storm. You just need faith and trust in the right person. And that person is Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, who are you going to trust as you face the storms in life? I want to invite you to trust Jesus. If you've never received Jesus into your life and you want to, just I'm going to lead you in prayer. This is between you and God. I'm just a messenger. Just close your eyes and talk to God from your heart and say, Father God, I'm a sinner and I need you. I need you not just in storms. I need you as my Savior. 
Come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Savior, God, and I'll follow you all the days of my life. I give you my life, Jesus. In your name, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family. Welcome to the church of God, the body of Christ. Your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life in heaven. Will you reach out to us on Facebook and let us know, hey, I prayed with Pastor Henry to receive Jesus so we could connect with you. Next week, we got a special service for Mother's Day, so please join us. Have a great week. God bless you. We love you. God bless you. Have a great week.